Thanks for checking out the Generosity Labs podcast. Generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. That's why we're here. On the Generosity Labs podcast, hosted by Kenny Jang, we will talk to pastors, consultants, service providers, and other church leaders. We're going to discuss the current trends, models, and best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community life and how you can get a culture of generosity to flourish from the inside out. Join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. Check out www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources made available just for you and your church. Well, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Generosity Labs podcast. In this installment, I'm really excited because we're sitting down with yet another pioneer, someone who understands the fact that digital giving is something we need to embrace as we all look to install a culture of generosity across our campuses and communities um, in our churches. So today we've got John, um, who John Ray has been at Destiny Life Church for the last 10 years and this past year served as campus pastor there. Um, he lives in Claremore with his wife, Stephanie, and uh, two boys, Ethan and Shepard, is that right? And you've got, you've got a nice little dog, Ellie, and a kitten named River Fluffy. How did that, that that's a funny name. There's a Doctor Who reference there. So uh, my, my wife named the first one and my son, Ethan, named the second one. So River Song and Fluffy. That was my Ethan. That was his <laughs> addition to the name there for the cat. Nice, yeah, nice. Well, welcome to the show today, John. Great to have you here Thank with us. Yeah, it's great. Thank and you. So one of the things that we are doing on this show is trying to connect with churches that really have caught the vision and understanding that we are evolving as a culture, as a society, and that the church needs to um, get brought up to speed. You guys seem to have made the leap into digital giving. Um, and that's one of the things I love hearing about stories from churches like yours. Um, so tell me a little bit first about your church. What, how large is it? Where exactly is it located? Uh, what's the typical Sunday if I'm coming into the room and I look around? Um, what's the makeup of your church? So we are a multi-campus church. Um, we have two campuses in Midwestern, you know, we're in the Midwestern United States in the Northeastern part of Oklahoma. And the, the parent campus where the church was founded here in Claremore. And then we have a second campus 20 minutes to the west of us in Owasso, Oklahoma. And uh, the campus here runs about five, 600 on Sunday morning. And then the campus in Owasso runs about 300 on Sunday morning. And um, so together we're eight, 900 on Sundays. And then, um, you know, small groups and the normal stuff throughout the week, uh, Wednesday night activities, that kind of thing. And we are a, a multi-ethnic congregation and we want to continue to reach our communities and, and love people. And being here in the middle of Oklahoma, it's kind of uh, the buckle of the Bible belt, if you will. So very traditional beliefs and value systems and uh, so it, it's a real, uh, but our church is more family oriented and uh, probably like, like most churches, we just want to do life and, and operate in God's grace together. So uh, t tell me a little bit about the demographics. Is it mostly, is it an aging population? Is it all really young uh, families without teens? What, what, what is it like? No, it's, it's an incredible mix. I mean, our median age is in the late thirties. Uh, so I'm, I'm right in there. Uh, but, 
Uh, we have an awesome group of, of visionary people that have been a part of the church for a long, long time. You know, our lead pastor, Glenn, has been uh, the lead pastor at the church for almost 40 years now. And, uh, and so some of those have been there since before he came to be called to be the pastor. And so it, it's we've got a, a wide range and it's a, a great demographical mix of of older folks that support and encourage the vision and new people that we're raising up and pouring our lives into to take it beyond where we are now and, and where we're headed. Um, OK, so let's talk about digital giving. So. Um, when did you guys actually adopt digital giving um, and what form? Some, some campuses, um, some churches have just online giving, some have kiosks, some are, have actually gotten to uh, text giving. Um, it, how far along the spectrum have you, has your church come? Well, we added a credit card form, and that's all that it was, to our website three or four years ago. Uh, but, I mean, it was archaic. It was really, really painful to use. It didn't retain any of your information. It was SSL secured, so you could feel comfortable you were giving safely. But every time you went to the form, you had to fill the whole thing out again. And it was just a, a really not a, a way to engage people to really worship with their giving. Right, if, right, if they were right. going to the website, they had to really want to do it. It really had to have this, like, variance to tithe envelopes or something like it was really painful. So in December of 2014, uh, we came on board with uh, text to give through Kindred, and then we launched publicly. We talked about it in our church-wide group. We have a, every January, we have a vision banquet. We talk about where God's taken the church. And so we talked about it in January, late January, at our massive all-church, all-campus uh, vision banquet. And then we launched it in February. And, uh, and so we launched that next month and took off from there. And um, uh, we've been actively using smart giving since February of 2015. Uh, so you actually went system-wide at the vision level and said that we're going to introduce this. So you didn't, you didn't introduce through the back door or just all of a sudden like surprise and, or just snuck it into the campus announcements. Right. So I mentioned that we, we signed up in December and didn't launch until February. Uh, we already knew who was giving online through the credit card form. And so I took it to those people and I gave them the information as kind of a subset, as a, a trial group. I said, try this out instead of going online and see what you think. And the feedback from them was, it's easy. We love it. It's so much more simple. And so that really was the, our test beta time to figure out how it worked and what, it, what, what problems they had, what challenges they had, what we needed to address up front and, uh, and really walk people through it. And then um, from there, it was easy. We, yeah, like you said, we cast a vision for it. This is a new tool we want to give you to help you engage in worship through your giving and then launched church-wide, system-wide in February. Now, was there any resistance or objections or fears or concerns when you first were going through the process? Not really. Uh, we didn't. Well, first thing off, we didn't take down the original credit card form for quite some time. So nice. if people didn't want to make the jump. They didn't have to. Uh, but we we did encourage them to make the move. So if in the just the general audience in the congregation as they're coming and they're worshiping and they're giving, we just started talking about it every service. Every time we'd come to the offering time, 
we'd have one of the pastoral team members, one of the pastoral team talk about giving and, and pull a scripture from the Bible and talk about that for just a few minutes. And then they'd talk through, you know, you can give in the envelope in the seat back pocket. You can give on our website by credit card or you can text to give it's simple. And here's the number. And, um, and so, and then the other piece of that is that we totally stopped. Uh, we, we kind of encouraged people to give through text to give by when we would bring in special guest speakers, we would, you know, create that keyword and push them to give by the keyword. So, they may have given by tithe during the offering time, then they were giving by text at the end of the service when they wanted to give towards this special guest. And so that was kind of an, uh, a step towards the adoption process. Gotcha. So, th so this, so you guys use Kindred, I think you said. Yes. Yeah. And so Kindred yeah. allows you to create special keywords that people can text in to designate their giving. Oh man, that that's probably one of the biggest things that I love about what we're able to do uh, with text to give. We can designate like we support different missionaries in different countries, and so we've made countries as keywords. We've made programs as keywords. Oh, wow. In uh, March 27th of this year, our campus here behind me um, was hit by a tornado, and so we immediately turned around and started serving the community, and we we put this tornado keyword out there and people from all over the community were giving towards this keyword tornado. Uh, and it was just easy to do because the text to give system made that happen. Gotcha, These keywords gotcha. are very, very powerful. They're very valuable because you can designate it, you know, and we use fellowship one as well. So you create a keyword in kindred and I can tie that to a specific fund in fellowship one so that it all flows together and it takes out the guesswork and the back back office headache of, trying to figure out what goes where, it's great. Gotcha. So um, what about the actual participation? Do you have any real numbers or sense of how many people are actually embracing text giving or this, this new way of, of embracing you know, the generosity? Yeah, so I'm gonna apologize in advance because I am kind of an IT guy uh, from before I became a pastor. So uh, I, I wanted to take some metrics and create some baselines before I moved into kindred giving and giving by text so that the idea, the way I pitched it to the rest of the pastoral team was that, Hey, if we start this, I'll capture these baselines and then we'll see six months from now, nice. we'll look nice. at it again in July, August and see how things are going. If it's not going well, then, you know, we can go back or whatever. And, um, obviously we're still using it a year and a half later. So you already know the rest of the story, but, uh, so we wanted to capture one, uh, who made the transition. If they were giving by credit card before, or if they weren't giving at all. So we were looking for uh, some kind of percentage of new giving. We also wanted to see if frequency in giving was impacted either positively or negatively. Oh, wow. We wanted to see if total giving was impacted positively or negatively. And we wanted to see if there was a demographical impact in who was giving now that may not have been giving before. And in all four areas, we saw positive increases. We saw um, overall in the church, 18% of giving went up completely uh, just in terms of givers and giving units, if you will. That sounds like a totally strange like metric to create because you're talking about people who are worshiping with their money and you know what God, what God has given to them, they're giving back in the form of their tithes and offerings. Well, I, I figure a lot of the executive pastors listening, that might be their love language. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So we, we were monitoring this and just to take just to look at it as raw data, you know, as a giving unit, uh, we 
Um, we saw an 18% increase in that. And then the really great statistic, the one that I love the most, is that 73% of people under 25 who give adopted this right away. Wow. I mean, they jumped on. I mean, that's, that's amazing. 73% of the people that were giving, that were giving by a check or putting money in the offering envelope, they jumped over and started using it under 25. So that millennial crowd that was looking for a way to engage, and, and that's really where we saw the most uptake. You'd obviously expect that, uh, but it really was impressive. We saw a frequency in giving. Um, so where people typically had given once every two to three months, they were now giving at least monthly. Uh, so you see a frequency increase, and then also just overall in giving and in the adoption. Uh, it, it's awesome to look at some of the statistics, and you can really see even some demographical uh, um, the, the, the demographics of where the breakdowns in our services are. So like the younger group that attends our 11 and 12 o'clock services, uh, those are much more heavy in giving through smart giving. And then the earlier services, the 9 and the 10 o'clock, where the older crowd goes, you, you don't see as much adoption. And, and we just want to make people worship how they're most comfortable. Uh, but it's fun to watch those statistics and see how they play out demographically and also – uh, how they play out in allowing people to give how they feel most comfortable. It's fantastic that you have the foresight to do those measurements before and afterwards and analysis. Um, I love the fact that you are basically confirming that the younger generation does prefer digital technologies for payment transfers, which, which we know, right? They're using PayPal and Venmo and they're just using that. Um, and so this just completes that picture there. Yeah, well, it's undeniable, and I mean, the majority of them wouldn't even have cash or a check to to give with had they been caught with an opportunity. You know, if, if someone from your church is going to Haiti and they, you know, they're going to go support an earthquake victim there, and you know, all of a sudden they feel like they want to give towards that, but how do they do that? Because they don't have a cash on them, they don't have a check with them. So, but now you can. It's easy. I mean, one of my favorite stories about giving by kindred. Uh, there's a guy in our church who's a carpenter and he does incredible custom carpentry, cabinetry, all kinds of stuff. And he'll get paid by a customer. And as he's leaving that person's home, he texts in his offering, his tithe, no way. as no he way. walks from the house to the truck. So he texts in gifts two or three times a week and it's after every job. And he's able to worship and give back to God right as he gets paid. It's just that kind of stuff is incredible to me. That, that's an amazing, that's amazing discipline to have, and it really must be freeing for someone to be able to have that accessible to them wherever they are outside of the church. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, like I said, the community rallied around that, and they were able to give in to our fund to help themselves, to help the community, uh, because they had the keyword available. And just the flexibility that it gives you uh, to be able to give by text, to be able to give from your phone. Uh, and now, you know, be able to tie it to a card or a bank account. It really is. Uh, uh, it's been phenomenal. So you guys look like you went full all in. Um, in hindsight, if you were to help coach um, a, a friend's church that is coming on board for the first time, what's maybe one or two things that you would advise them to um, watch out for or pay more attention to or uh, reserve more time and energy to make sure those things actually happen. 
Well, if you can allot the time, one of the best things that we did, we created a little video and we played that a couple of times in February when we launched, but it really was that we didn't see massive adoption until our lead pastor got up on stage, pulled out his phone and went through it and said, in all four worship experiences, he ran back and forth to both campuses and he said, here's how to do this. Let's do this together. And and he did that from the platform, and we didn't really want to allot the time for that up front. Uh, but after we did that, it was the adoption skyrocketed from then on. So uh, I would just encourage people, if you're going to invest in the tool, invest in the opportunity to educate your people and how to use it so that they really get the most benefit from being able to worship what they're giving this way. Nice, nice. And so... Um... And it seems like you have you worked closely with your communications team because being able to come up with these keywords, like who who comes up with that? Is that on the ministry side, on the communication side? How does that all work internally? Uh, it can be. Um, I mean, our media director is incredible with all kinds of technology stuff, and so he's an awesome guy to to lean on. Um, and there have been times. Uh, little transparency here, you know, in, in the middle of the service, we'd say, you know, hey, we need a keyword for, you can give to this project by keyword Mongolia. And so the media guy's in the back and he's, okay, kindred.com, keyword Mongolia, okay. <laughs> and he'll give a thumbs up to the stage. Yeah, we're good to go. So, you know, I mean, uh, but. Um, but it is that easy. It's not it's, like some really complex IT no, routine. Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, and now that's the system we use through Kindred, but um, it's it, you just go in, you click add a designation, you pick the fund through Fellowship One that it's tied to, uh, you create the keyword on both campuses, and you're done. I mean, literally, it's minutes. Now, what about people who aren't in Fellowship One or in your system already? Like, if I'm coming as a visitor, yeah, um, how complex is the process? Well, that's one of the great things about uh, giving by Kindred that I, I also really like. I'm probably going to sound like a broken record there, but um, if, if it's an unmatched donor, which is what Kindred calls it, uh, if, if it's a person that gives through Kindred that isn't in Fellowship One, Correct. And that is someone that's going to stand out to us as potentially this is a first-time giver. And so we want to identify that. We want to celebrate with them. You know, Thank you for giving, and we realize that this is money that you've given to the church for the ministries of the church. And so we want to, you know, encourage them in that and can encourage them in their growth and their relationship with God. And so it allows us to identify those even more easily than we had before, uh, you know, as it would come up in our accounting and back in as we're looking through offerings on Monday and Tuesday. So um, it, Kindred actually flags those for you and says, hey, this person is unmatched to a, a, an account or a record in Fellowship One. So you know, here's a here's somebody you need to enter in Fellowship One, but we right, use this right. data. But so as the giver, as the visitor, do I need to go onto your website first and set up an account and put in my credit card details, or um, am I able to on that first visit to your church on the Sunday give that Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. Um, every time someone uh, gives for the first time through Kindred, they text in. You know, you can just do the number, or you can give to a specific keyword, whatever you want to do. Uh, so you text in, you know, up to a maximum of $15,000. I know that's a limit for some people like you, Kenny, but, uh, you know, other, the, us regular folks, 
uh, our tithe isn't quite that much. And so uh, you text in your number and the first thing that happens is you get a bounce back text that says, you know, thank you for your gift from to Destiny Life Church and uh, here's a link. And you click on the link on your smartphone, it'll take you to a website and you can put in your name right and there. Your okay. information okay. right there as you're sitting in the, in the chair in the service. It's very simple. Then the next time you give, all you have to do is text in the number and uh, 15,000 again for you getting. And then uh, we appreciate your gift. Thank you so much. And, uh, and then from there, um, it's, there's no more bounce backs. You just get a bounce back that says, thank you for your gift. Gotcha. So the second gift on, it's very, very simple. Just like you'd send a text to a friend. Nice. nice. Okay. Seems like they've taken care of a lot of the friction or potential friction of tying everything together. Yeah, and I really attribute that to the success that the program has had. Being able to use these tools to give and allow people to worship what they're giving. If it had been complex, if it had been difficult, uh, we, we would have never. It would have been too many barriers to entry. But it's been seamless. It's been easy. It's been a support to our services and to our worship experience and to our people's worship. Uh, and so it's, all, it's been a win for sure. So um, just future forward, how long do you think it's going to take before the offering plate does not take in cash or checks? Is it, how many years? Let's just guess. What's your... Well, while we still, while we have had great adoption with digital giving of all kinds, um, you know, we, we did eventually convert our website to a Kindred Smart Giving page. So you can't find that clunky old form there anymore. But... Uh, we still, so we, we have the webpage updated. We have people giving by smart giving in the services, but it's still not the majority of giving. Sure, the majority sure, of sure. giving in our worship experience is still traditional cash or check envelope in the container as it comes by. So I'm going to have to say we're still a ways out. Um, you know, I, I would guess, um, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd go as far as to say you're probably looking at still at least 15, 20 years gotcha, before. Gotcha. It's really, this is the mode. Now, I may be, I could possibly be way under or way over on that, but uh, and I'd be good with that. But <laughs> I don't know. No, it's always good to hear that. I mean, it is a guess, right? And we're hearing crazy things like Facebook just announced that within five years, all content is going to be video-based, not text-based. And um, we know that millennials have uh, something like 80% of millennials have not written in a check in the last year. Um, right. And so the question I think is um, how quickly we're going to accelerate to that cashless society. Um, and one of the concerns, and this is one of the reasons why we're having these conversations here at Generosity Labs is to educate other church leaders that this is coming. It might be five years, might be 10 years, might be 15 years, but it's, it's definitely coming, right? Um, we got to get on board as a church. I mean, just the numbers alone, you know, if, if you remove the lives and the people that these numbers represent, the numbers alone prove that what I've seen from here at Destiny Life, yeah. people under 25 have flocked to this because it allows them to give and they really haven't even had a way to give before. Like you said, I mean, people really don't write checks anymore and they really don't carry cash anymore. Uh, I, I personally don't. You know, everything that we do is is by a swipe or a text. And so uh, it really is the mode of giving that's going to be the most accepted and the easiest to adopt and the easiest to engage in for future generations. Yeah, definitely, for sure. 
Well, thank you, John, so much for spending some time with us today here. Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Facebook or email. Um, my, uh, I'm on Facebook or my email is johnray at dlc.tv. Um, and I, I love talking about smart giving and digital giving, and I'd love to talk to anybody about it. Okay, be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode here at the Generosity Labs podcast. To check out the transcription of this episode, resources, and other things that you'd love to see about digital giving and generosity, visit our website at www.generositylabs.org. Till next time, I'm Kenny Jang, and we'll catch you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Don't forget to join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. In the meantime, visit www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources for you and your church.